Boozehound Entertainment proudly presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Bill, and Soren. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name, as always, is Phil Boyer, and with me, I've got a couple of Vikings Mike and Soren, who are ready to drink from the horns and rape and pillage all the record stores so we can get all the vinyl we can handle and talk about on this show. Mike, Soren, how the hell is it going over there in the land of Scandinavia? Well, the usual raping, oh, pillaging, yeah. burning, burning <laughs> cities down. Just, just your usual yeah, everyday, yeah. weekday. Yeah. You know, oh, just yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. You know, yeah. And learning about records. Oh, learning about records. Because we're not barbarians anymore. <laughs> Jeez. What the heck? The you do fuck? it with sophistication these it's days, going? right? Yeah, sure. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. yes. All right. Sophistication. All right. Well, we're picking up That's where we way left to go. off last week talking about labels. And uh, Mike's going to mm-hmm. kick us off with the Casablanca oh, yeah. label. Oh, look at this beauty. Can you see it? Yes. Oh, there we go. This is one of my all-time favorite labels. You know why? Can't imagine. Could you? No. Because it's Rush. It's from this your little favorite band. band. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to hide behind I was this say the label and pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you see? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a beauty in a box right there. No, uh, talking about labels, Casablanca Records was uh, founded by a guy called Neil Bogart, who used to work for uh, Warner Brothers, and he uh, wanted to start his own label where he can control everything. So he started Casablanca Records, uh, and this is the first label. It looked like this. Because it's like Soren said in, in the, the last episode, it, labels change mm. with time. So this is the first label that got released. It's the blue label, which you can see over there. You got Neil Bogart. Uh, I mean, Humphrey Bogart it, 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 <laughs> over there. He has a cigarette uh, in his mouth, right? On the first label? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So every now and then he changed it up. Uh, and it's 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 quite interesting to see all the changes. I'm gonna show you a a different one because uh, we we're talking about vanity labels, and this is like the first part yeah. of this. So that changed changed it up a bit. You can see Kiss was getting bigger and bigger. So this is from Love Gun from 1977, and you can see Kiss there. And still with the Casablanca logo and and the camels. This is called the camel yeah. label, if I'm not mistakenly. The, yeah, yeah, because there's a so, in the, uh, you know they changed a lot. They changed the colors, added some camels, got rid of yeah. Humphrey Bogart, and yeah, yeah. And and then you got this one, which is then it's full on vanity. Yeah, you get the yeah. dynasty right there. It's the dynasty label, and then you see they changed it up yeah. completely. It's a picture of a kiss yeah. with the kiss logo and so forth, and and you can see it's a tiny Casablanca yeah. label down yeah. at the bottom. So 
But it's with me and Casablanca, it's sort of like there is a thing. So it's not only Kiss. So in, in the dollar bin, I had to go with trying to find something different on that label. And then I found, oh, Donna there Summer. She is. Yeah, there she there is. Go. She is also on uh, Casablanca. Yeah, with the camel What's the story of right Donna there. Summer? Because was it, was it Gene Simmons that got her signed to, to Casablanca? The biggest rumor is, but I don't know for certain, but the rumor is that he was, he's the latest man, of course. So I think so. The the, the inf- information mm. that I have is that she got signed mm. because of him. Okay. So, because Neil was a big disco fan. So, so he was going towards that. End of it. It's, it. They released Parliament and they released the Village People and so forth, and became uh, after Kiss, they became uh, uh, yeah, a disco yeah. label, if you will. But, so, but I, so I don't think everything yeah, is, about Casablanca, because yeah. as far as I know, Casablanca was never intended to be a, a rock label or a heavy metal no. label. Or it was actually just it was no, um, no flamboyant, fun pop disco music. Uh, and if you have bands like yeah. Parliament and you have Donna Summer, there's a band called Angel as well that was on Casablanca. But they're all kind yeah. of kind of groups yeah. with a lot of theatrics and and yeah, fun in a way. Yeah, entertainment. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. And and they tr- they try to venture out and and do because I got uh somewhat of a unnamed band. They're mm. called Trigger, and they're from New Jersey. And actually, Gene, Gene Simmons of KISS, he found this band and helped them to get signed to the to the label also. But it's like you said, it wasn't a rock and roll label. So I think my uh, my take on this is that they got a, a really, really good manager in Bill O'Coin, who I think sold the idea about KISS mm. to Neil. And said they're going to be the biggest band in the world. You're going to make a pile of money, so I think mm. you should sign them. So I think he did it as a favor mm. to Bill, because uh, they they became partners yeah. at the end. And and so and this is like also one of those bands that got signed to the Casablanca label, and you can see there. It's in the the mid to late seventies. Mm. It was the the yellow label mm. right there. Uh, but nobody has ever heard of this band. I I didn't. I found them in a a, a forum with relations to Kiss because they got a sound engineer called uh, mm. Corky Stasiak who was uh, present at mm. Destroyer recording of Destroyer. I believe he was a sound yeah. engineer and, on and, that and, one. And, and so Dynasty I, as well. I, Right, yeah, yeah. and Dynasty yeah. as well, yeah. So uh, it's sort of like uh, a history in the making. You have to dig and mm. to find stuff, and I, I find that stuff really exciting. So that's my. Uh, how do you do? You know how? That's my take on this. Do you know because Kiss's albums were repressed a lot of times during 
Yeah, the seventies. Mm -hmm. Up until eighty, I guess, when yeah. when Polygram bought uh, Casablanca, mm -hmm. they they changed the labels as yeah. well. But they were repressed throughout the seventies. How how do yeah. you pinpoint uh, a first pressing and a later pressing by by looking at the Casablanca label? Because you you showed the blue one uh, and you showed the one with the camels, but are there are, are, are there any, yeah. uh, any other uh, labels from Casablanca? Yeah, there are, there are quite a few. Uh, there are like the second printing is like you said when when we're talking about the the first one. Let me get that real quick here. See if in my pile of records here. Uh, the the difference is that. Uh, Humphrey has a mm. cigarette here, and some labels he's missing a cigarette. Uh, uh, there is uh, on this one, uh, there is no street name on, on the the very first I have been told, and then you got like it's on Sunset Boulevard or something else that got printed in in like mm. letter pressings, uh, and yeah. So it changed, not really big, but but it changed somewhat w with with Humphrey being without his cigarette, and they printed on on the the street name for for the record company mm. and so forth. So it changed okay. a bit before it became the, yeah. the yellow yeah. label, because okay. and that varies yeah. too. Because so. there are there are ways to identify <clears throat> first, second, and third press of, of of those albums. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. Cool. yeah. And the and and going into the the real first pressing of it, like we talked about so many times, it's the the one where they did a a, a kissing contest in in America in in 1974, mm. I think it was, and they were forced by Paul and Gene Standard to to record a, a cover called mm. Kissing Time. But the album was already mm. pressed, and and they stopped the pressing of 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 the album and put that song yeah. in there. So so for us that are really nerds, we want the pressing without kissing sure. time. Sure, and that has a different matrix number and a different yeah. different catalog yeah. number and so forth. So that's the ultimate first pressing. I, I of, think the, uh, the first the, the debut album. album was released in. February of seventy four, and mm -hmm. that kissing contest yeah. was either in March or April. So it, it was just mm -hmm. straight after so. the the record was released. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so, so if, you, uh... if you got one of those without kissing time, it's it's a it's a, a definitely a first pressing, very very early pressing. Yeah, yeah. I I got one. It's signed with Peter oh, Chris's autograph did. too. <laughs> yeah, but actually that record flopped uh, because it only sold about a hundred thousand, I think. Uh, which yeah. which in those days in in America was was considered yeah. a complete failure. So so there aren't yeah. that many records about to find of the you know original pressings. Oh. Yeah, and 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 I think that's what they released like two albums mm. a year. Because the, the first one came out in, in February of 1974, and the second one was in mm. October of, of 1974, yeah. and then they moved really quickly. So I did a calculation up until, I think it was when they released Destroyer in 1976, 
they had released like four studio albums and mm. one live album in like two years mm. and seven months. Yeah, they were they were working pretty hard back then. Yeah, 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 they were. So oh, great. So th- so that's my two cents on the class- Casablanca great. label. Well. I showed some stuff on the last episode, uh, and yeah. there wasn't just enough time to, to, to show the rest of my pile. I'm going to show you, because we talked about the uh, the Warner Brothers uh, label the last time called the Burbank label, the one with the, with the, mm-hmm. with the avenue with the trees uh, on it. Um, so that label also changed uh, because... I'm just going to recap here because I have a, a, a first... Van Halen, the first Van Halen album, a first pressing, a US pressing. You can see it has it has the Burbank label. And this album is from '79, uh, and even on the Van Halen Two album, which was released the year after, they had already changed the labels to a to a, a white uh, a white uh, Warner Brothers label like this, which is also very common. On 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 US eighties uh, pressing from Warner Bros. So this is is this is even uh this this is a German version, but the label is the same as the American one. So um, so if you find a Van Halen album with this label, it's it's post seventy nine for sure. Okay, um, Island Island Records. We also talked about because when they moved into the eighties um, and even. Yeah, when they moved out of the seventies, in a way, they kind of uh, dissed that um, the uh, the pink theme they had for most of the labels uh, throughout, you know, from the late sixties up into the seventies, and they kind of did a a, 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 a revamp of, of their whole sort of design uh, design idea. So uh, this is um, Anthrax Among the Living from uh, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, this is a UK first pressing. Uh, but if you find that, you can you can see that that some of the ideas from the early uh, Island Records, uh, but now it has a sort of a, a, a rainbow colored theme, uh, the, the the rim here, and, and on the early pressings, of course, it was uh, that rim was pink, but it still had this uh, has this uh, the, the the coconut tree and all that, and, and the Island Record. But but this is a, a, a typically eighties eighties. Uh, Island Records uh, label. So uh, some of the, uh, yeah, about reissues, because we're going to talk about that as well, because if you find a, a, a 60s or 70s album with with this uh, label, or maybe a, you know, a, a, a modern-looking Island label, it's, a, it's definitely a repress or a reissue. Because as we talked about in one show, when the records... Uh, when the record sale was sort of not plummeting, but it was going, it was going downhill uh, in the late seventies, uh, and then when the CD uh, came in in eighty two, that's when when record companies started uh, doing reissues for the first time. So, uh, and there was a string of um, of sort of a cheap uh, cheap labels uh, that that many of the big record companies would repress. Albums from the seventies, but packaged them in a more sort of modest way. Uh, so uh, albums that usually 
originally was released in gatefold and and all kinds of nice stuff were just reissued in in normal sleeves uh and and usually the, there was a CBS had a nice price uh, uh, selection or collection series, uh, which was a, a cheap series, and uh, EMI had fame, uh, and, and they used those yeah. labels to reissue a lot of seventies, early eighties album uh, for, for for cheaper prices, and that was actually to 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 keep mm. people buying albums or buying records uh, just yeah. after the CD uh, came out. So you'll find a lot of talking about the f- yeah talking about the fame. I, I want to go back to that one because I got uh, uh, some copies from uh, mm. Iron Maiden on on yeah. the fame label because they 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 got it got printed in really yeah. annoying got printed yeah. in the cover. Yeah. They they you put the that fame. fame. I think though, yeah, I think those albums sound much worse th- than mm. the original. Mm. I think. Um... Yeah, because there were a lot of of uh, yeah. I think the the manufacturing processes of of these sort of cheaper reissues they kind of save on mm-hmm. on, on on most aspects of the, of the production process. Yeah. Um So yeah, yeah. There's definitely and and even most of them were 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 cut using that direct metal mastering technique we also talked about. Yeah. Um, which is also yeah. it, it's not necessarily a cheaper way of cutting an album but the but the manufacturing process is is shorter so and thereby it it, it it's cheaper if you know what i mean so uh, mm. you have you have you have more steps uh, if you cut in lacquer than if you cut in 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 uh, in copper uh so so most of these albums were were sort of quickly cut uh, quickly quickly manufactured and there was a huge amount of money saved on packaging but also of course mm. they were cheaper to buy in the stores uh than you know than than they were originally in the sixties or seventies. But a lot of albums was was mm. reissued and, and and that's where the whole reissue thing started. They started doing picture discs as yeah. well. They started doing uh multicolored uh records just to get people, you know, to, to still be interested in buying albums. Yeah. Uh, and to compete with with, uh, you're, with CDs. You're... Yeah, do you remember those multicultural? Uh, I mean, you got the red label and you, and you got the blue label. Uh, I mean, the blue mm. records. Uh, instead of being yeah. black like this, you you got a a, a, yeah. a color instead, blue, yeah. red, or whatever. And from from the get go, I I think those sounded really mm. bad. I mean, it, it changed up today. It's it's better quality today if you if you buy a colored mm. vinyl. But but in my head still today I I'm I'm so f- freaked out about those pressings so I tend to go with mm. the black one just to yeah. be safe I mean, yeah. and and maybe maybe if there is a band that I, I like Kiss that I I really dig I I buy both of them because I think it's yeah. it's really cool but I'm still today scared of of the color vinyl <laughs> I, I I don't really so, have a problem with with the uh, colored vinyl, and it's it's uh, I, because I I'm not really a sound guy, so I I won't be able to really tell the difference if there is a difference. Uh, but colored vinyl was not a new thing in the eighties. Uh, that they've been they've been doing that no. for many years. But the difference is that that yeah. in the eighties they they started doing it for collectors, uh, for collecting purposes. 
Ah, and I think I heard okay, a story okay. about uh, Master of Puppets when that was released in 86, 85. Um, no, 86. Um, yeah. 86. Uh, that, yes. that they sold, they sold so quickly those albums that, that they were just working day shifts uh, at the record plants using whatever vinyl they had. Uh, so if they had gold vinyl uh, color, blue, yellow, whatever, they just put that in the press and 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 did a run. Um, so so just to 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 keep it, it's it's uh, you know it was selling like hotcakes. So uh, so it, it wasn't <laughs> actually because okay we'll do a uh, hundred exclusive uh, copies on yellow vinyl and we'll get people to to pay whatever they they have. Uh, but it was just a, a, a matter of, of of keeping keeping the supply. So, uh, but today they'll do multiple pressings of an album in eighteen different colors, uh, and and yeah. some label are, are really, I'm not saying bad at it, but they're very good at it. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Some people, <laughs> uh, some labels really uh, go over the top, and of course, collectors need to have. 18 different versions of the same album just on, on 18 different yeah. colored vinyl. Uh, so yeah, it, that's getting pretty big, uh, especially now with the, you know, vinyl, uh, uh, you know, rebirth or whatever we're going to call it. Um, that, that labels really saw a, 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 a chance to make a lot of money selling the same records to the same people, just different yeah. variations. Yeah. <laughs> Big old money grab. Oh yeah. Now another thing you might you might find, and and now we're talking we're not talking we're not talking counterfeits uh, records where 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 it's sort of uh, uh, where where the albums are fake, uh, trying to to sell fake albums. We're talking bootlegs, and bootlegs is a different is a completely different thing because bootlegs um, yeah. started started to appear in the late sixties. And what they are, most of these bootlegs, are audience recordings of concerts. Uh, so for most of them, the audio quality on these, on these records are not as good as, as an, like an, an official live release. So, but, but, but what they are, they are quite raw uh, because you'll hear exactly what was going on at that show. You'll hear all the mistakes, everything, and sometimes they are they are the bootlegs are sort of lost recordings, um, different takes on on from recording sessions and uh, previously unreleased stuff, it's things that you know recordings that circulate within the uh, collectors community, but they're not counterfeit albums; mm-hmm. they're they're bootlegs, and that's a huge difference mm-hmm. because bootlegs are usually made in in smaller quantities because of course. Records cost a lot of money to print, they or, or to press. They also did in the seventies, and and you were never really not sure how many uh, copies you could sell uh, from of these bootlegs. You were actually aiming at hardcore collectors for most of the time. But I have a, I have a couple of uh, examples on bootlegs because bootlegs are in a world of their own uh, because they are made by maybe fans or made by people trying to make some money. So, uh, and usually doing bootlegs of, of famous uh, or, or, you know, the biggest artists. I, uh, but but um, they never really bothered, bothered much with doing labels and, and uh, doing stuff in the dead wax or maybe even 
writing the correct info on the cover. So you might you might see, uh, yeah, and some of the titles of, of the of the bootlegs are sort of made up. Uh, maybe it's a it's yeah. a piece of um, some words for, from from a different or from a from a song uh, from a famous song. By the you yeah. know they have lots of different titles that sort of yeah homemade in a way. And, and homemade is is really the the key word here because bootlegs are they were really homemade. So this is is a bootleg record, and and they were like kind of counterfeits really. They were sort of pressed uh, off hours in in pressing plants, or maybe somebody had had a contact at a pressing plant who could just sneak these in during lunch or or, or whatever, and and do two three hundred pressings. Uh, nobody's really sure. Uh, of how this works but the label as i said they never bothered with doing really good designs and stuff so so they would just sometimes they would just take whatever was lying around in the pressing plant at the moment and just stick that on because the record needs a label of course but these are this is actually uh completely white and somebody has i think there's actually me <laughs> i wrote a, a and b on 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 the label <laughs> because there's no there's no other info so I had to put the record on and listen. To, oh, that's that's side A and that's side B, and I, I just put it in myself to be able to distinguish it. Uh, that that example there is is actually this. Uh, it's Seven Deadly Sins. It's a recording from Gothenburg in 1988 uh, with Iron Maiden, of course. Uh, and this this one is actually. Uh, well, there are a few spelling mistakes, of course, uh, as you usually find in in the song, uh, in the track lists, and all that. Sometimes it's it's in the in incorrect order. Sometimes it's not even from this gig. You know, there are just various things. But I have two copies, two two different copies of this, with two different labels on it. This one is also it's the, it's the same same music, same release, but with different labels. And this is just to show you that. There was an American band called Speak English or Die. Or was it a band mm-hmm. or was it an album? I don't remember. It's, no, it's, it's a band. It's a band. Speak, yeah, S-O-D, they were called. Yeah. S-O-D, but yeah. But somehow Speak their English labels or die. ended up on this Our Maiden bootleg. So these are actually, yeah. this is actually called the S-O-D version of this bootleg. And it has nothing oh. to do with, with the actual content no. uh, of the album. Uh, and uh, yeah, it says uh, all rights of the manufacturing, all rights reserved, blah, 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 uh, around, around the label here. But it's just, they, yeah. they, they just were probably pressing the, the SOD album next door in the pressing plant, and they just yeah. flogged a few <laughs> of the labels and, and stuck that on the on the Iron Maiden yeah. machine. Funny story, but, yeah. you know, the bootleg world is full of that, and, and, and that's kind of what's also yeah. what makes it so fun. Uh, bootlegs yeah. are kind of uh, viewed upon as really badly for some people. I like bootlegs. I like the. Yeah. I like listening to oh, to recordings that oh. that you can't listen to anywhere else, and uh, and they're often yeah. pressed in very small numbers. So um, and and even yeah. the funny thing is when bootlegs were were being sort of um, publicly known in the late sixties, you had people like uh, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. He was really into bootlegs. He thought it was a great idea, and 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 so in, in the beginning there was a lot of interest from bootlegs and and some artists were really encouraging their fans to record uh, uh, their concerts and release it on bootlegs but of course as time moves on and and you know different things happen 
today uh, some really look down on bootlegs saying they're ripping off the artists and yeah. but but really they therefore they therefore the real fans of a band so we just can't get enough yeah. of, of, of of listening to the favorite uh, favorite band yeah yeah mm-hmm. i i remember growing up uh, we we me and my friends were were sitting in front of, of of the stereo listening to those old bootlegs from from the 70s with kiss and trying to to figure out what people in mm. the audience said cuz you were right yeah. there that's why i th- think it's so so freaking awesome you can hear people going off and and yeah. talking and i remember uh, at a certain point we found this bootleg i, I don't remember but it was like the early 70s and there there is a a um a guy standing very close to the guy with with the with the tape recorder and and kiss comes on stage and he can and and you can hear him saying holy shit <laughs> he he never seen no. kiss before no. so you can you can imagine his yeah. shock going yeah Whoa. that's fun so yeah, and, yeah you, also it gotta, is. you also gotta hand it to them because some of these bootlegs are really good. The 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 recordings are yeah, incredibly oh, yeah. good uh, on some of them, but you never yeah. really know. Yeah. Uh, you, you might no. buy a bootleg that looks great and has, but just sounds horrible, and and and, and vice versa, of yeah. course. But some of them are are uh, are sourced from uh, soundboard recordings. Some of them are are radio uh, broadcasts. Uh, and they usually yeah. sound very good. Um, and and some of them were just uh, a, a microphone stuck in a pocket uh, of a pair of jeans, yeah. nineteen seventy two, and they sound like yeah. that. But but they're still yeah. very honest. Yeah, it? yeah, it's fun. Yeah, fun. Okay, really fun. Uh, you, Mike, you did a lot about vanity covers and all that. We've we've done labels yeah. across the years. We've done we've done a a a, a, a a bit of fun with bootlegs. Uh, yeah, I think in a way we've come to the end of the road of the label series. Don't you think? I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. All right. But for the next time, we're going to have the oh, next yeah. time on the next episode. We're going to have some fun. Oh, we're, I oh. like fun. This is going to be a killer show. Let me tell you, I've got some oh, stuff. I've got some stuff, Mike. Are we talking about Kiss? Are we maybe, talking about Kiss? Maybe. No. I have some stuff. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I have, my God. I have so some excited. stuff that will make you wet your pants. Oh wow! Oh. All right. Okay. Well. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. On that note, we got to end on that note. How's that for Tisa? Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I want. I want to be here next week. I want to be here. Yeah. I'm taking part of this I'm right gonna now. Be here next week. <laughs> Damn. I'll, I'm. I'm All definitely right. here. <laughs> definitely. Oh. Cool. Yeah, we got to make that happen. Cool. All right. Yeah. So can't wait for next week. Uh, hit the website, soundsonvinyl.com. We got all kinds of cool stuff over there. We got video. We got audio. We got descriptions. We got yeah. timestamps. We got all kinds of fun stuff over there. So go and check that out. Yeah. And until mm-hmm. next week when we all pee our pants. Later. 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 This has been Sounds on Vinyl. For extended show notes, playlists, videos, and episode collections, visit soundsonvinyl.com. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by Boozhound Entertainment in cooperation with Boozhound Music. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support.